Welcome back to Trust the Story. Number five. Number five. I thought we were done. thought we were done, but we're not. Uh, so we're going to have a couple more episodes here and kind of wrap with some New Testament folks. Uh, welcome back to our Bible scholar, Billy Loveland, story, yeah, storyteller extraordinaire. And if you watch this uh, on things before, you've seen Billy teach and... Uh, and it's been a, this has been fun. I've yeah. really enjoyed this. And, yeah. Uh, so we thank all of you online for watching. We uh, this is lesson number five. Looking back, uh, we started uh, with this trust the story series of trust the story when it doesn't make sense, and we spent time looking at Abraham and Isaac, and it just didn't make sense what God was asking him to do, but he did it anyway. Right, right. And then we talked about trusting God when things are hard, when you know the questions. You know, how is God actually doing this? He's in control, we are. And that yeah. was Joshua. Joshua. And that was the heart of go kill all these things. Yeah. Ooh, I don't get that. But he did it anyway mm-hmm. uh, for for some reasons that they couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we moved to trusting the story when we're navigating this crazy culture. And that was the story of Mordecai in the book of Esther. And uh, he stood up for what was right and did what was right, uh, even when the culture was against him. Right, and and in that story, we also have to trust God when we're scared, because Esther had to go do something that she was just really nervous and scared about. It it was it was her life to save her people, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, she took her life in her hands to Mm -hmm. save her people. Right, Uh, and Mordecai comes in and says, "Hey, maybe this is why you're here." Right, and those faith over fear moments, mm-hmm. and those are all throughout the Bible. Today we get, uh, today our title is Trust the Story Even When You Have to Wait. And wait. We're going to look at wait. I, yeah. I like to wait. You know, so the waiting room is not your favorite place? No, it's not. <laughs> I had to go to the doctor last week mm-hmm. because I had this bad nosebleed. And, and they go, go to waiting room number seven. Two of their seven and, waiting rooms? Uh, oh, there wow. might have been more than that. Actually, I just don't remember. But I, I was seeing like I was in seven. I went like three different times. And I, I, honestly, I've been to this doctor before a long time ago. And I can remember sitting in a waiting room for hour, for seemed like hours. But uh, it, it all worked out, thank goodness. But I don't like to wait. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty patient guy for the most part. But just not the best waiter? No. I'll wait, I'll wait well sometimes when, it's, uh, when I'm prepared to wait. But if I feel like if I'm rushed uh, or I have an anticipation this is this is going to go quick and I'm not prepared to right. wait, well, I don't morning, wait well. I took my daughter's car to get the oil change. Mm-hmm. I pull up in it and there's two trucks pulling right in front of me. And I'm telling you, it was five cars deep on either bay. And I went, no, I'm not staying. And I ended up driving 30 miles to go to another <laughs> Went to a whole other town. Another town. 30 miles over. No way. No way. No way. I remember us traveling before, and there was a traffic jam in this the we going, going, going to Atlanta Braves to the yeah. Atlanta Braves game, and we drove an extra 50 miles just to not have to wait in traffic. You yeah. were leading the way. And that was before, you know. That was before GPS, GPS and phones. Yeah, we were looking we're at We're pulling maps. out a map and looking, let's go this way. Yeah, I remember <laughs> But that. you got us there, man. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Hey, always trust Billy's navigation. Uh, yeah. It's way better than Waze or Siri. In fact, I wish I could rename my GPS on my phone. Hey, Billy, take me there to... There you go. Yeah, that'd be great. My wife will tell you. If I've been to a place once, I can oh, find yeah. it again. There's no doubt. I never know if I'm going north or south, but you you always know. I always know we'll get there and enjoy the ride while we're doing it. Well, uh, you know, th- that being said, 
the story we're talking about today is it's a couple people that had to wait. They had to wait. And what we're, what we're going to see is they seemingly had to wait a long time. Yeah. And, you know, you go to the doctor, get your oil changed. I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to the store, and I'm buying something. I know what I'm waiting for. They weren't exactly sure. No. So let's get into it. We're in Luke chapter 2. And uh, what you this is the birth of Jesus, right? This is the birth of Jesus. So, but this isn't the normal people we talk about in the Christmas story. Yeah, usually you hear about shepherds and wise men, which that's pretty interesting in itself, and angels and and, and all the ins and outs of that. Right. Even you'll get uh, Elizabeth and um, uh, what was her husband's name? Zechariah. 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 You get all that going on there. <laughs> you get, yeah, he couldn't talk. He couldn't talk. You get all those yeah. ins and outs, but you don't always get these two people. Right. So why don't you read for us there, Luke chapter 2, starting about verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, let me pause you right there. The Kind of the situation here is they, they're good Jewish people, right? and they're going on the eighth day to present him. Um, and this is around the time the circumcision would take place. Mm-hmm. And being a child of the covenant, uh, that was the mark of the covenant. And they were doing what they were supposed to do. The interesting thing, too, in this is uh, the sacrifice, a pair of doves and or two young pigeons, that was a poor person's sacrifice. Right. That was not uh, a bull. A bad or a yeah. 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 This was, if you're poor, this is what you offer. Right. So you kind of get a... A little insight into what's happening. They're good, faithful parents, um, and they named him exactly what he was supposed to be named. Right. So you get that faithfulness that is there. And they have to go to Jerusalem, which, mm-hmm. you know, at this time they've been in Bethlehem, which is just a few miles outside of town. So they go into Jerusalem uh, to do what they're supposed to do. And it's amazing how God sets things up the way they're supposed to be set up. Right. And because enter the first person that we're going to be talking about. Okay, and that's in verse 25. Right. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Mm. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required... Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Wow. So we see some interesting things about, about Simeon. Uh, one, he's described as righteous. Mm-hmm. And devout. Uh, he was probably um, a, a priest at some level, mm-hmm. uh, doing priestly duties. Uh, he would bless the child. He would probably be the one to do the circumcision. And But he was one that it says was waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
Hey, you got to explain that one too. So the consolation of Israel, <coughs> the the Jews had this anticipation of a Messiah. He was well, he'd been promised that he would see the Lord's Messiah, and this was that one that was going to come along and restore uh, Israel to their great prominence. Yeah, to yeah, their prominence. Like David. Like, so they were looking to the glory days of. Okay. Of David and Solomon. Yeah, this is the way it's going to be. We're going to overthrow Rome. But it was not the consolation of Israel that God had in mind. It was the consolation of Israel, not just as a a nation, but as the larger nation. Uh, In fact, I believe Simeon kind of knew this. And we'll get to that Mm -hmm. in a minute when we get to... um, Actually, uh, here, we can go ahead and say that. For my eyes have seen your salvation, for which you have prepared... Uh, in the sight of all all people, a light of revelation to, to the, the Gentiles. Gentiles. Yeah. And so the consolation of Israel, in that frame of reference, uh, we're going to restore to its former glory and overthrow Rome, wouldn't have included Gentiles. Correct. It would have excluded Gentiles. Right. But I think Simeon understood what God was doing on the larger picture. Right. He was restoring true Israel, true, true people of faith, uh, and, and reversing what sin had done to mm-hmm. the world. And so that's what he was uh, looking for, I believe. Uh, literally, this means, this consolation of Israel, kind of get this from Isaiah chapter 9 as well, uh, where there's this peace and comfort that's, that's brought back because relationships are right again. Um, and, but the thing, too, is that there was an indication of anticipation that he was looking for. Um, and it says that the Holy Spirit was on him. You know, it's pretty cool uh, what the Holy Spirit... In fact, let's look back. What, what did the Holy Spirit do? Um, verse 27, him. it moved him. Yeah. It moved him. Now, it was that... I get this picture. When you just read that, you get this... Uh, you ever had to move your kids along a little bit faster? Let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't think the Holy Spirit was like, oh, 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 i got to go here. I think he was, he, he discerned something. Right. Uh, I think being devout and righteous, he had a, uh, a spirit of devotion and devoutness and uh, discernment that was going on. Uh, we know the Spirit directed his devotion. Uh, the Spirit was the source of his righteousness um, because the Spirit had... Uh, revealed to him he would not die um, until he saw the the Lord's anointed one, the the Lord's Messiah, moved by the Spirit. He he was he was one that was just really attuned to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it, it kind of from for a practical thing, you think about Romans eight. There's this whole thing about being less moved by our flesh, our desires, our motives, our initial reactions, and and more. By the Holy Spirit, so you see this less of me and more of mm-hmm. Him idea. And here was a guy even before Jesus had come that was moved by the Holy Spirit like that. So this whole idea is, is really pretty cool. Um, yeah, and we don't we don't talk about that one enough. No, it's a little ooh, a little spooky sometimes to yeah. think about. Yeah, um, I you know I I think too it's a it's a cultural thing in some some areas because. You go to a Latin American culture, mm-hmm. or you go to a, a Asian culture, or even an African culture, and there's they are very much in tune with what's going on in the spirit world, mm-hmm. and and understand those things. 
in our Western culture or Northern European, Western North American culture, we've kind of sequestered that up. Right, um, right. And, you know, that's a whole other study about getting into the spiritual, quenching the spirit there and spiritual go, warfare good, stuff. Another good podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll get in that on a video series <laughs> sometime. Uh, but here... To be more in line with the Spirit mm-hmm. is is really the goal of what we should be. And Simeon's a good example of that. And really, it probably makes waiting easier because you know God's doing something. Mm-hmm. You're seeing something. In fact, uh, you know, and, and you got to think about the people, if there's anyone else around there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he took the, and he praised God saying, so did he say it just to them? For everyone around, but if anybody was within earshot, they would have been like, "What is this guy saying?" Well, you know, exactly. It's not like there was a a beam of light when he walked in the temple right. that said, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. "No angel said." There's the Messiah. Yeah, he knew. He just knew. He was so in tune with his relationship with God and in touch with the Holy Spirit, whatever that means. That he recognized, God revealed it to him in some mm-hmm. way because he was looking. Um, you know, that was too. I think you know Jesus would say it this way: You knock, and the door will be open. Right. You seek, you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Simeon was a seeker and a knocker. He was looking, and what did he find? He found the Messiah. It was very obvious to him. Uh, it was obvious to other people. Kind of makes you wonder how 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 far how much he lived past that. Oh, I love his statement. I love his statement. Yeah, uh, I can. Yeah, you can dismiss me now. Yeah, yeah. You can now dismiss your servant in peace. Yeah. In other words, all right, I'm good. Yeah. I can die now. And because he knew that's this is right. this is the moment that I've been waiting yeah. for my whole life. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, it was another thirty years before anything really happened. Oh yeah, was, yeah. You know, before so. he started his ministry. Right. It was. It was actually. There's a little ominous thing here going on. In, uh, in fact, verse 33 says, "The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him." Now, now why would they marvel after all they did there? Exactly. <laughs> I know it. They, they've been. They've been talking to angels and stuff. Angels. You know? uh, yeah. They. They. They had these dreams. Pe- dreams. Yeah. These yeah. people are showing up from the far east. Well, yeah. they hadn't shown up yet, actually. Well, John the Baptist. Things. John. I mean, yeah. all these things. Elizabeth. John yeah. the Baptist. All those things going on, and they were amazed. Like, oh, there's another amazing thing, which I think yeah. was some confirmation to Mary sure. and sure. Joseph as yeah. well. But then it says, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. <laughs> This is not necessarily what you want to hear as a mom. No, no. But this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul. Okay. We can go now, Joseph. You know, I mean, it's... It was a very, it was an ominous foretelling. Yes, yes. And, you know, there's another reference, I believe it is in Luke, where it says that Mary pondered these things right. in her heart. Right, Meaning she was, she knew something was, <coughs> obviously something was different. Right. And here I am carrying the Messiah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. amazing. But, you know, the, I think the thing is, too, uh, the, the key with Simeon is he trusted the story and he waited. He waited. And whenever, whatever he was waiting, 
for was worth the wait. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, and sometimes you know we, we have our little gospel symbols, mm-hmm. and we kind of it's always all about the it's always about that empty tomb and the, and the, and the cross. And all, but you know what? For Simeon, it was the it was it yeah. was the down arrow. It He's was. here. He's here. And that is a whole. And sometimes we don't. I don't know if we may maybe take that serious enough. You know, it, that's a good point. Uh, because without the incarnation, right. without the in flesh, becoming flesh, there is no death, there is no resurrection, right. there is no high priesthood. Um, the, 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 the theological implications of a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, becoming a human being, part of himself becoming a human being, it, it goes so many different directions. Right. Again, another study. Right. Um, yeah, I don't mean to. That's, to no, that's, that's but it's it's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. those when you study, and that's what I would encourage people that as you study and those questions come up, follow where the study leads you. Right. Uh, because that's that's the Holy Spirit, just mm-hmm. like Simeon. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is leading you in that. What would all the implications of that be? That's it's right. worth study. Um, and it is it is a, a deep thing. The other person we look at is a lady named Anna. Um, so let's see, where did we, where were we 36. at? Verse 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll read. Go ahead. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. Did I say that right? Sounds good to me. All right. Of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she was a widow until she was 84. Um, and some, some versions... Does that mean... She got remarried, or she died at eighty four. Well, I think I think. <laughs> or she was eighty four at this time. I think she had been a been a widow for eighty four years. Okay. Uh, wow. That's that's uh, she never kind of the implication. That's what some translations yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, either she way, she was she old. was old. Yeah. And she was widowed for a long time. Right. Um. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So, so you know she spoke to others other than just Mary and Joseph. So you know, earlier when you asked right. other people were listening, there were other people There's listening. There were other people listening. There was yeah. Anna. Uh, she was a prophetess, basically one who speaks to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was probably, I mean, 84 years. Um, she's a at the temple, everybody knew her. Oh, it's kind of like you're a fixture here. I'm a fixture here. Mm-hmm. Why People know us. Right. We've been here long enough. We're not the oldest ones here, no, no. Uh, but but when people say, "Oh, who's that? Oh, that's so and so." Yeah, there are people that you're familiar right. with. We're the regulars. We're people that you see a lot. She was one of these fixtures at the temple, and she probably went around doing some teaching, some blessing of people, and probably speaking about the. The redemption of, of Israel. The, the consolation the of consolation Israel. The consolation of Israel. And, and she probably just got, hey, everybody, check this out. I wonder if they were like, and they're all like, what's Anna saying this time? I know. And they're pointing to a baby. What is that? What is going on here? Yeah. Um, and so it was something that something mm-hmm. was different at this point. Uh, it's interesting, too, that she was married for a short period of time. This is a whole other level of trusting the story of God because if you were. Uh, widowed young in this culture, in Jewish culture, you would typically go back to 
if you didn't have any children, you would go back to your father's home uh, to be taken care of, and then you could remarry. Right. But she may have and just couldn't, but she trusted the Lord to provide her needs, whether right. that be through the temple from young or, uh, or or just went to the temple now that I can be taken care of. And so, but we know she was widowed for the majority of her life and was trusting God in that grief and that loss Mm -hmm. um, throughout that. Uh, She, but she lived her life. I love it when she says, uh, thanks and gave, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking uh, for the redemption of Israel. Uh, She, she lived her life looking for something and seeing something better. Right, and even all after what she'd been through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the loss to the the grief to yeah, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm praying. She was obviously serving. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And 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 doing those things that brought her closer to God. Right. Uh, that fasting, that praying. A uh, couple of thoughts on these two unlikely people in and around the birth of Jesus. Right. That you don't... The, the Christmas story we don't hear. You don't hear this one. This is not in a nativity right. uh, scene. I think I might put it in my nativity scene. Who's that? that? Oh, that's Anna and that's, that's Simeon. Simeon and Anna. Anna. Who are those yeah. wise men? Well, that's the wise men that were really weren't there. But uh, yeah. they just come later in the story. Yeah. But, you know, we'll give them some little right. credit. Too. Uh, but, you know, they lived, as we said... Both live their lives in hope of seeing something beyond their life. Right. Like, I love the point you made. <coughs> it was 30 years mm-hmm. before Jesus was going to do anything. She's 84, which is past the life expectancy of that age. I mean, if you're yeah. 84 today in North America, it's pretty old. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. And, and so back then, she wasn't going to live much longer. Simeon was like, you may dismiss your servant in peace. You know, I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. You may drop the mic. We're done. They knew something was going to be uh, something that was going to be better. In fact, that reminds me. Didn't you plant a tree recently? Didn't you plant a recently. magnolia tree? I did plant a magnolia tree. What was the guy that... The guy, well, I bought it from Panzico's over here, and he said, do you want the, the miniature one or the big one? He said, I want the big one. He goes, well, you know you'll never see this grow to where it's supposed to be. I said, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Somebody will. Somebody will. Right. Look at you, Simeon and Anna. <laughs> you know me, that. I love trees. Yeah, so here they're looking at that <laughs> as a, we're looking for something greater. It's going to be blessing right. things later on. And that's part of a legacy. And, uh, and, and you, you know what I'm wondering is, I mean, and I know this is really makes, the, the people that were there, you, you just want to think, I wonder what they got to see of Jesus later on, or what they thought about it. Oh, you yeah. Know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, they were there, and they, you know, is that the guy that, 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 that baby that we saw up there? Is this, is this, is this kid the kid they were talking about? Carpenter's son? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you wonder about some of the people. Did they end up believing or not? You know? And some did. His brothers did. We know yeah. some of it, a couple of his brothers did. Right. Um, and That's just one of those questions. You, you just kind of look at that and you go, you know, these people were around. They saw the Simeon and Anna. Maybe they were there. And, huh. and then maybe filed away. But you know, they would have been much older. And then they see John the Baptist coming and preaching. Who's this guy? And then Jesus comes along. This isn't that one that we saw at the temple that day. Were they connecting the dots? Were they connecting the dots? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I hope so. That's just a little. I'd side. like to think that I would, or you know, we would. You'd like to think so. I don't know. Yeah. I might be one of those cynical, you know, yeah, guys. Well, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Jews <laughs> in yep. the first century. Well, you know. hope we're looking for something better. <laughs> well, you know, and, that, and I think that goes to the other point with Simeon and Anna is that they were blessed uh, by God to get a glimpse of what He was doing. Yeah, and we're a privileged bunch. We really are living in this time in, in history on this side of the of the resurrection because we get to see God working in people's well, lives. Well, and, and, and you are so right, especially at our church. Yes. You know, wherever you're watching this from, we have so many changed lives. We see it at Point mm-hmm. Ferry Road. It's unreal. It is. And, and, and they're not changing by themselves. No, it is pure Holy yeah, Spirit. That's right. uh, just to watch families come back together, uh, people who were apart and restored and rescued. People who stumble and find grace. That's exactly right. And, and that's just not here uh, locally. That happens uh, that happens throughout the world, through mm-hmm. one kingdom. We see that in some beautiful ways. And we see that. We thank you for sharing your stories online Absolutely. with us. Uh, we're, just, we're just privileged to share in this. And, and so we get to, and that gives us hope like it gave them hope, mm-hmm. that we get to see a glimpse of what God is doing in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it's, God has always used the most unlikely to accomplish his work. Right. It's, it's a, an old man and a wife that had no children, a young woman with fertility problems, reluctant prophets, wicked kings even, that at some point uh, were able to just say, okay, common people, I'm going to trust your story. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, God doesn't need us. Kind of like going back to what Mordecai told Esther. Somehow or another, God's going to save his people. But maybe you're here for such a time as this. Right. Join his story. Right. Trust his story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's that's what God has done. Trust my story and come along for this ride. Mm-hmm. And, and we get a glimpse to see that. Um, but also that... It, you see in their life, they lived in anticipation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait for this to happen. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Uh, I can't I'll, wait, but I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to sort of hurry the process up, but yeah, uh, that's right. you know. But um, it's I, I watch uh, a young lady uh, in our church, and the first time I met her, she wouldn't even hold her eyes, her head up, and her eyes were down. Her children were in state's custody, um, and her husband, what even her husband, um, but it was the father of all four of her children, and they're married, all four children back, and they're pouring into other people now, and they're both doing great. Yeah, I mean, they still have bumps along the way, like sure. they all do, but sure. you know what? Yeah. They're doing great. That's just one of hundreds of stories right. that the Lord is doing, not just here, but throughout the world. And I can't wait to see what happens in their life. Sure. I can't wait for that story to be told publicly mm-hmm. uh, when they're ready to tell it, uh, to give glory to God. It's, it's, it's that wonder you get to see. And that's where that childlike wonder is, when, is what we've got to have. Jesus, that's you right. become like a child and follow me mm-hmm. and trust the story with that. And they believe that they believe the promise. Right. You're not going to die until you see it. Okay. I can die now. I've seen it. You can dismiss me. You can dismiss me. Um, you know, things might not always be uh, as we think they should be. Uh, it never is. No. 
and but these folks, uh, you know, Anna didn't want to be widowed. Sure. Simeon was like, how long do I have to wait? Uh, but it was worth the wait. Uh, he was righteous. He was devout. She was uh, living in faithfulness to God. You know, and that's our challenge, really. That's the take-home from this mm-hmm. uh, for us, for everybody watching here. Let that be said of us, that we're righteous, that we're devout, that we're living in anticipation of something not just in our life, but something beyond our life. That's right. Because that's what we're part of. So right. the challenge is trust the story. Trust the story. Even when we have to wait, and we're waiting on something good, and it's worth the wait. joined us for this little series. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun for lot of us fun, yeah. to do. You know, we, we've talked a lot of stories in the Bible, and, and throughout we've talked about stories of people we know, and we would like to invite you to share your story with us, uh, how God has changed your life, times you've trusted the story. Uh, type it out on an email and you know, put in the words best you can. And we would love to hear that. Absolutely. And, and if yeah. it's okay, we would like to use that maybe mm-hmm. in some future stories along these lines. Uh, I think it, it's an encouraging thing for a lot of people to hear how God is working in the lives of people, even if in, a, in a crazy That's world right. we live in. <laughs> Honestly, you're not alone. Yes. We all have issues. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think we all, we're all spiffed up for church and everything, no. you know, get past that. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, we've all got issues. We all have issues. I got dry skin too. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, we all have issues, family issues, work issues, whatever. And we just like to hear from you. You know, just know you're not by yourself out there. I mean, we're walking along with you and Jesus is walking along with you. You know, sometimes it helps to share. That's right. We're all, we all, and look, we all leave the rocks outside because we don't need them thrown at us and we don't throw them at anybody. Absolutely. So share your story of how you've trusted the story and how it's changed your life.